Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, we are back. Another week, another episode. Nick McVicker in studio, joined by the golfing guru himself, Kyle Vardy. How you doing today, buddy? Uh, I am exhausted. Uh, I'm running on two hours of sleep and just played a full round of golf. So, uh, but I'm excited to, uh, t- talk a little sports today. How the hell did you only get two hours of sleep? What were you doing? Uh, I was just tossing and turning in bed. Okay. Couldn't sleep and. Okay. So it's not like you were playing five. among us or something. Or... No, 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 not at all. I was literally watching Netflix and then I just. Yeah, I fell asleep at 5 o'clock and woke up at 7 when my alarm went off. So. Fair enough. Well, I mean, we're glad to have you, obviously. We're always happy to have you on the show. <laughs> Sucks that you didn't sleep. I apologize about that, but, I mean, nothing I did. But we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about in the sporting world. So let's get it started with our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Farrar brothers Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And today, Kyle, I thought we would start with the NHL. Obviously, we had free agency last week. Uh, We sort of touched on the first day of free agency the last time we spoke. Since then, all the... Most of the big names, I won't say all, most of the big names have now signed. We know where they are going to play, and most of the players, to be fair, have signed in the grand scheme of things as well. I want to talk about the big names. I want to talk about one contract that sort of surprised me, and if you have one, obviously we'll do that as well. And I also want to talk about the Leaf moves. So let's start with the big names. Alex Petrangelo, the number one free agent on this free agency Seven years, $61.6 million in Vegas. What did you make of that deal? Um, to be honest, I think we kind of knew it was going to happen based on how all the cards kind of played out in the first day. Um, once the Leafs were out with Brody, um, once St. Louis was out with signing Krug, we kind of knew it was very limited on where it was going to go next. Um we obviously there was a couple of wild cards we had potentially talked about with you know maybe Colorado joins in on that or whatever it may be. Colorado's linked uh, to all of the big names because they had cap space. Yeah, and just didn't sign anybody. So, um, except for their own players back basically. <laughs> but hey, when you're um, that when you're that good of a team that they were this, last year, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But no, we'll get sure. into that. That's a whole other topic. Um, but as as for the contract, it looks a little rich in my blood, but I think. Um, to be honest, if there wasn't a flat cap this year, he probably would have got more on the open market if we're really being serious about it. So yeah. um, it, it could be a little bit of a heavy contract coming down in you know the later years of it. But um, for now, it makes Vegas that much better of a team. Um, because realistically, I think uh, moving Schmidt out and replacing him with Petrangelo makes that team better. And... Um, you know, we were considering them potentially Stanley Cup contenders last year. Um, and, you know, it really boosts that level of uh, competition level for them. So I, I like the signing personally for them, but the contract value might go down in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think the, the contract itself for this year isn't necessarily a bad thing. He's obviously a top player. Um, makes them that much better going into next season, the year after. I'm more worried about the length and seven years for a 30-year-old defenseman at 8.8 million. 
seems like a lot to me. Like, had they done a four or five year contract, I don't think I would be as concerned. I think those last two years are what concern me the most. And who knows? He could be like Chara and play till he's 43. We don't know. But do you really want to take that risk on a potentially flat cap for the next year? Possibly the year after that could be flat too. Maybe even the year after that at 8.8. Well, you already have a $9.5 million contract in March Stone, a $7 million contract in Max Pacioretty, and 5.9 for William Carlson, along with Shea Theodore at 5.2. That's a lot for five players. And I, I worry moving down the line if it's going to look as good as it does right now. Yeah, and on, honestly, you can talk about like countless amount of free agency contracts that are like, hey, last couple of years of the contract like is it really worth it you're like obviously you look at like david clarkson and and that, that first year players. that contract didn't look good either but that's a whole nother <laughs> issue <laughs> true that that is a whole different issue but like it's, it's one of those like those type of contracts where it's a player gets more than he probably should have yeah um in a certain market that they're in and just it just you know it's, it's supply and demand right so it all comes down to that for sure and i, I get that it's just it's just a question mark for me uh, let's sure. move on to the next big contract, and that was the Taylor Hall deal. And he, I don't think the price was a surprise to me. I don't even think the number of years was a surprise to me. I think the biggest one for me was the location. One year's, one year's, one year, $8 million to Buffalo for a player who said he wanted to compete for a cup. Does he see something that we don't see? <laughs> like, to be honest, I I like Buffalo's core, and I think him and Eichler are going to be a great tandem. I I don't deny uh, that. I think it's I think it's not a bad move for him, but I I just don't see Buffalo as a contender for next year. Like we're talking next no. year only. Well, yeah, he he said that he signed a one year deal, um, but he said he 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 thinks he can stay there a long time. So yeah, maybe that's just him saying that. We'll see. Um, but it could be serious. It could it could be a one year thing because this obviously this year is being a flat cap. Yeah. Um, because we don't know what the cap's going to be like in future years. So maybe that is why he signed a one-year deal. And, you know, maybe he's going to come back and re-sign, but he's going to re-up for four or five more years at, you know, eight and a half, nine million dollars compared to the one-year eight million dollars he took this year, right? Who knows? It all. I guess it honestly depends on how he does. For me, as a worry for Buffalo is I don't want him to become the next Jeff Skinner. Right. Right? Where you pay Skinner... What the hell did they pay him? Nine million dollars? Like yeah, that? so he's now going into the second year of a eight year nine mil per contract. Eight years. And I think he had I think he had maybe what thirty points last year? He was hurt for part of it, so Well, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he still played, played half fi- He played fifty nine games and had twenty three points. So it wasn't fifty nine games, wasn't that the whole season? He missed about a week. I think he wasn't missed- it cut short? Yeah, I know. I still think he missed a few games. Like, I'm not talking like a majority chunk of the season. I know he, yeah. he missed so, like four or five games. Either way, either way, it looks like a terrible contract right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. Like to me, it was kind of surprising. Um, I I personally I thought he was gonna go to like as we were just saying, I thought he was gonna go to like a Colorado type thing for similar money, similar term. Um, because if he, if he truly does want to win a cup, like that's probably one of the closest teams you're gonna get. Um, that has the money to sign you for that that value, right? So, um, yeah. it was kind of kind of interesting on that aspect, but you know, clearly he has something else on his mind, and maybe maybe the coach, maybe GM, maybe I don't know who it may have been that kind of convinced him, saying, "Hey, we're gonna go for it." Um, I think they're a goalie short of actually truly contending, so maybe they go after somebody in a trade. Maybe they go after somebody. You know, maybe they bring in a flurry type goalie, right? That we originally talked about before, and all of a sudden that makes them, you know, more of a contender. But you know, flurry's a whole different story because I heard rumors that apparently they couldn't give out give him away for a first round pick and a prospect. So, um, no chance. We'll see. No, no, I'm saying like flurry, a first round pick and a prospect to that team for nothing. I know they couldn't do that. So. I know it's the contract. Yeah. So I think we'll, I think if we'll Buffalo see. starts off the season well. Um, don't be surprised necessarily if they try to go out and get a flurry, but I, yep. I think that is a very big if. Um, you mentioned the head coach, um, uh, in Buffalo. 
it's actually Ralph Kruger who was Taylor Hall's head coach when he came into the league with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So there is the connection there, and maybe he just felt comfortable being like, hey, Ralph, like this is the deal. I I got one year. I want to try to prove myself. Do you think I can fit in on your team? And Ralph probably just said, yes, of course. Why not? Come on in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. Um, to, to be honest, it couldn't almost be like, yes, we're switching sports, but it could be like on a Rawlis Chapman type thing where he goes to that team, signs a one-year deal, gets yeah. traded to the deadline because they're not really contending, yeah, and then re-signs with them in the offseason, and that team's better because they got, you they know, got whatever they got prospect. Yeah. No, it's, right? it's possible. That That is definitely a play Buffalo could play. I mean, again, we don't even know when the season's starting. We don't know how long the season is going to be. We don't know how deep into the season the trade deadline is going to be. We know nothing yeah. about the next season. So this could all be, this is all just speculation at this point. We don't even know technically well, if there's going to be a season. That's a whole nother it issue. Look, it looks like right now though, apparently they are leaning towards an all Canadian division. So that could be interesting. So. Wow. That would, that would be very interesting. Yeah. So they're, they're doing that because apparently they don't believe that the Canadian border is actually going to be open. No. Not a chance. Um, in time for the season, because I guess they want to start like January at January ish. January and, adjacent. <laughs> yeah, give, give or take. Um, so apparently they were thinking about potentially doing an all Canadian division for the first um, month or they, so. That, yeah, so that way they don't have to cross over borders. And I don't know how it would work. I don't know what the ins or outs are. But to me, that could be severely interesting. Um, you're gonna get a lot more McDavid Matthews matchups. You're gonna get a lot more, which would be you know, fun. Oh, for sure, and it would make it interesting. So, could you imagine Montreal going up against Vancouver multiple times in the season this year with the, with the way they've both put their rosters together? That, that would be an interesting matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like, that would be that would be huge. And I was speaking of Montreal. Um, I was actually messaging Justin the other day, and apparently Pierre Maguire. Um, has said that he believes Montreal is second in the division behind Tampa right now. Interesting. Um, I don't think second. I, I would still put Boston second. He said that Boston's too old now. And I agree. But I just, until I see what this new Montreal roster does, I can't put them ahead of Florida, Toronto, and Boston for that second spot. Yeah, like they have to jump enough teams I, I, to get to be there. Honest, to be honest, I think I think they're ahead of Florida. I really do. I I, I would. Um, I'm fine saying that for sure. I just I'm not saying I can't put them in second ahead of all three of those teams. Like those no, three teams sure. were. Yeah. Anyways, back to. <laughs> I was gonna say. So speaking of Montreal, um, they had a pretty good signing to, to me, in my opinion. I liked the Toffoli signing. I do too. I love um, the Toffoli signing. I think that's I, a great. I, to be honest, I, I I love I love the term. I love the I love the value. Um, you know, four years. I think I think it's four point two five a year. Yeah. I think is what it actually ended up being. So, yeah. Um, to me, that's just that's great value. And mm. um, Montreal, it, it almost like slid under the radar, kind of, because Toffoli was like, it was my pick to go back to Vancouver because I like thought every, that's. What I think was everyone happen. thought he was going to go back to Vancouver. And then all of a sudden, Vancouver's just like, yeah, we're not going to sign anybody. We're going to let everybody go. Yeah. Tanev left, Stetcher left, Toffoli left, yeah. Markstrom and, left. <laughs> and this is a guy who has four 20-goal seasons in his last six, yeah. um, including last year where he had 24 between Vancouver and L.A. He also was a decent playoff performer. His uh, first year in the playoffs, he had six points in 12 games. Next year, 14 and 26. And even last year, he had four points, two goals, two assists, and seven games for Vancouver. So yeah. he's he's not a bad player. And at four point two five for four years, you're looking at a a pretty decent spot for uh, the Canadians to pick him up. Yeah, well, especially if he if he improves the way he has been, you know, if he plays with better players, like in L.A., he was playing with good players, but at the same time, he wasn't. It was L.A. They weren't exactly hot. Yeah. Towards the end of him being there. Yeah. So um, there's that, but you, you look at it. If the cap does go up, right? Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about a flat cap for this year for sure. Um, we don't really know in the future based on what goes on with what, based on how how many games they play next year or whatever it may be. 
that could be like a, a steal of a contract potentially if he if he shows up and you know because I believe right now they're probably going to play him with Suzuki, and Suzuki's a, a playmaking machine. Yeah, you put him with Toffoli, and Toffoli could pot you know thirty goals potentially, and if he's a thirty goal scorer at four point two five million dollars, you are taking that to the bank, no problem. It's like the uh, IKEA commercial. Start the car. <laughs> Exactly. It's a steal. Wait, Start is this the really car. What we signed him to? Okay, done, done. Let's go, 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 go. Run so, away. Exactly. Yeah, no, so it's, it could that, be. That's, a, that's, it could that, be. That, that was my, that was my pick for like the underrated contract. I think. Yeah. Um, a couple other big contracts. I'm just gonna rhyme them off quickly. Pick whichever one you want to talk about here. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov goes to Ottawa, three years, fifteen million dollars total, so five per. Uh, Tori Krug, seven years, forty-five point five. Uh, so just under seven per year, and Markstrom six years, thirty-six million, um, in Calgary. All big name players um, going into this free agency. What do you what do you make of those yeah. three, or just one of them? I don't really care. They're quick hit. Well, I, I think last week we talked about. I think I talked Markstrom was a little bit too much for my blood. Yeah, I think is what I think is what I yeah, said. Yeah, we did say that. Yeah. Um. So in in my opinion, that's probably a little bit too rich for me. Personally, um, the Krug deal, I understand. I don't mind that whatsoever, to be honest. Um, I, th- I think it's definitely worth it more than them paying Falk the money that they are paying him right now. So, to me, that's that's a little bit better in that aspect. Fair. Um, who, who's the other one you mentioned, sorry? Uh, Dadnoff, three years, five mil oh. per at Ottawa. To be honest, I thought he, I thought he could have got more, to be honest, is what I was thinking. But... Um, it brings a veteran leadership to that Ottawa lineup, which was desperately needed because they're pretty much all just kids. Um, and I, I think, to be honest, if, if I'm be if you look at that, I would I would almost look at Ottawa potentially signing Hoffman too, because um, that would shore up their top six for sure, right? They just got they just got their goalie of the future yep. and the present, which their is another good is looking signing. Legit now. Right, their defense is looking legit as Shabbat's obviously established himself right now. Yeah, with yeah, adding good Branson was good too. Better. Good Branson was yeah, good. Yeah, Branson brings that 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 hard hard nose playing. Yeah. Um, like to me, I think they still need one corner piece on defense because they have Shabbat, but I think they need like a a veteran top four guy, and I don't think Good Branson's yeah, the think, top four I guy think, right now. I think they need the second line. Like, I think Good Branson and Shabbat can be fine. Yeah. Or, yeah, Good Branson and Shabbat is a good number one pair. And then they need that second line stalwart to play with either Riley or Zaitsev or Brown. Like, whoever you want to put on that second line as the, the other side. Yeah. Like, to, to, to me, they need a guy like, yes, I'm referring to the Leafs, but they need like a Jake Muzzin type guy. Yeah. I agree. Where he's like, he's, he's top four, he's shut down, he's going to give you, he's not going to be doing anything special, he's not going to like wow you by any means, but he's going to get the job done, and he's going to be physical, yeah, okay. he's going to do whatever he needs to do, and to me, that would make Ottawa, I think that would almost make him probably jump a year-ish on their rebuild. Yeah. I think it makes them that much better. Yeah. Um, and they so, have $20 million in cap space right now. And and that's what I mean. Like to, so, to me, I think they almost missed out on potentially. I don't think they were ever in on Petrangelo. I don't think Petrangelo was ever in on, interested on them. He he might have taken a call, me, but 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 it's one of those ones. At his age, he's not going to go to a rebuilding team. No, right? No. So so to me, I think they missed out on like a TJ Brody or a Tyson Berry or something like that. Chris Tanev, yeah, that, like like that type of player where it's he's not going to be your one two. Yeah. You already have your one-two, and he doesn't have to be. That's the biggest thing. Of course. But if he's your three-four, then it's like, okay, now our core is looking a lot better, right? Yeah. So what we said um, about Tyson Berry before he left the yeah. Leafs, he's a good three-four, exactly. not a number two. Exactly, and and that's where uh, to me, like, you know, Edmonton getting him is is to, that's another deal I actually liked was the Tyson Berry and Edmonton deal. Yeah. I, I agree with it was that. What, three three point three point seven five, I think, is what it was. Something like that, yeah. Nothing, Something nothing super rich. Yeah, three point seven five no, for but, a year, uh, for a twenty nine. But it's one of those old. ones where it's yeah, it, it's it's a one year deal. It's three point seven five. You already have Nurse and Clefbaum there, so he doesn't have to be that top guy who's going to go off all the yeah. time. But 
he'll probably be your top guy in the power play and let him run that power play with McDavid. Yeah. I think he could excel there extremely. So, and this is a guy I'm who put up more than 10 goals goes, from but... the back end uh, three years prior to coming to Toronto. And he got, there yep. was issues with where he was fitting in on the Leafs lineup. It happens. Yep. He still put up 39 points last year. Did you know that? No, I did because uh, he was a whole different player once Babcock left too, right? So um, I, I think it was just a bad situation with how that ended up. But yeah, um, yeah so like I, I think the, I, the biggest question, I think we, I think you were going to get into this too, so I might be stealing your segue, but what? Where, where does Hoffman go? That's the real question. That's a great question. Yeah, and the other one that I had on my list was Duclair. Where do those two guys end up? Um, you're looking at, uh, Hoffman, we're probably thinking seven mil, seven and a half mil for him on the open market. So you got to look at teams with that kind of cap space. There's not many left. Um, Florida, Columbus, maybe both his old teams. Cause he, he, he made a stop in Columbus, didn't he? Or am I crazy? Mm, no, I think no, he went sorry, Ottawa. No, sorry. No, no, He was Ottawa. And then I, I was actually, thinking... yeah, you're, I was saying Ottawa might sign Hoffman and I realized he might not want to go back there. Too no, um, Detroit. Well, but then uh, again, I, guess, I guess I guess it was the it another was the good one. Might have been, might be uh, New Jersey, but they have a lot of players that they need to sign. They only have fifteen of twenty three NHL players signed. Yeah, that that'll that'll do it. And they have eighteen mil, so that that might be problematic. Um, you could look at a team. I, I mentioned Columbus. You could look at the Rangers as well. They have about ten mil, and they only need to sign two players. Um, Bruins have some space about the same as the Rangers two players about 10 mil missing there's a couple teams Um, I think Colorado is now out of the Mike Hoffman conversation just because they, they need they have to sign too many players with the cap space yep. left so I think you're probably leaning towards a New York or Columbus honestly if he doesn't go back to Florida if he decides not to go back to Florida yeah, I, I could 100%. I could see him going back to Florida, especially with Dadnoff already off the market. Um, that gives Florida one less person they have to technically re-sign, I guess what you could say. Yeah. Um, but it also gives them one less target and one less uh, goal scorer on that team. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if uh, Huberto and Barkov can really... No, not by themselves. Pick that, it's, it's too pick much. that slack up by themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, under, yes, under the Duclair yes, side? Up more questions left, but... Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say just I could see – I can't I, – to be honest, I see Columbus um, as probably the place I could see him going the most. Hoffman or Duclair? Um, Hoffman, sorry. Yeah, I just, I just want to make sure because uh, I brought up Duclair quickly and then I backtracked. So. Duclair – is such a he's such a specific player yeah i think honestly he has to go back to ottawa yeah like i, I could 100% see him going back to ottawa i also see him potentially fitting in as you said new jersey i could see him going there yeah um new jersey has a lots of playmaking guys and Duca- duclair loves to score right so yeah for sure um it could be one of those ones where you know does he play with a, a jesper brat or um whatever it may be like that i don't know yeah no, that's, um, that's a good that's a good call so um but if he plays with a playmaker like that that could be that could be huge right so that could that could be great but um yeah other, other than that i don't think there's a lot of biggish names players left i guess yeah no there, there but, really isn't most most players have signed uh which is I guess sort of a good thing. Um, you're not going to be guys who are looking for a contract. I mean, even Joe Thornton signed, right? Like, he he signed later than I thought he would, considering it's Big Joe. But he, he signed. Yeah. And it's totally fine. And to be honest, like, as a Leafs fan, I love that signing. Because um, it's literally low-risk, high-reward, right? Yeah. If, if, if he can step in... Um, I tweeted out yesterday about it too, and it was one of those. If he can step in and be that third center, and you can move Kerfoot to the wing, right? That that could free up Kerfoot to do so much more with his skating and which his which his offensive abilities that he was you know a little bit limited to do with his defensive responsibilities as the third center that yeah. he was last year. Um, and with Mikheyev not signed yet, 
there's an opening on that second line wing. Thornton won't play wing. Which though. Thornton won't no, play I'm wing. No, I'm saying which. I'm saying Kerfoot, Kerfoot though, because if you Thornton is your three C, Kerfoot could hop onto that top six for you. Okay, I just had this and, argument with my father last night. I think your best option is to move Spezza to the wing because he played wing last year. He has the most experience at wing out of the three of them. Well, I'm, then, not, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. No, but then your your four your four centers are Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, and Thornton. We have so many wingers that can move up and down the lineup. You, you could put Hyman on all three of the top three lines. You could put Nylander on the top three lines. You could put Marner anywhere on the top three lines. You could put Robertson in any of the top three lines realistically because he can play with all those guys. Right? Makayev, same thing. You don't really need to be putting Kerfoot on those wings for that. Like I would be more worried about who you're playing on the wing on the fourth line. Like... You want to have those big bodies around. And now that you have Joe coming in to be that fourth-line center, I'm assuming, who do you put around him to really clean everything up, right? Like, that's my question. Yeah, and to be honest, I think it's going to be uh, the Bear Bonoff guy we got from the KHL. Yep. I think he's going to be in there. Um, I think uh, Joe Anderson's going to be in contention for that fourth-line spot as well. Uh, what about uh, Engvall? Where, does, where do you see Engvall next year? To me, I think he's buried in the minors. Um, I, I think he was good, but I don't think he was. Because um, he gave he gave them some energy shifts, though. Like that's a that's a fourth line guy. The way he played last year, give him energy shifts when you need him, and then he doesn't he doesn't do much the rest of the game. Yeah, I just I don't know at one point two million dollars compared yeah. to these other players where you're signing him for seven hundred k, seven hundred fifty k. I don't know. If he fits there, no, I, I get what bury, you're saying. If they, if they bury that contract in the minors, then it's a different story. So. I, I get what you're saying. No, for sure, and uh, that's a possibility. I was just wondering where you saw him. So, um, that'll do it for our kickoff segment, sponsored by the Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram. At Canada Kicking Academy. Let's move on. Uh-oh. Kyle's excited about something. What are we excited about? Bruce, you just scored a penalty. <laughs> Making money, boys. Making money. Um, Let's move on to the NBA. Obviously, yep. la- this time last week, we didn't have a champion. We now have a champion. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis led the Los Angeles Lakers over the Miami Heat in six games. Uh, the Heat tried to fight. They fought pretty hard considering how many injuries they had. I can't believe they played Dragic in game six, to be mm-hmm. honest. That really hurt them, in my opinion. Yep. Um, but they, they played hard, and that Heat team is going to be good the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, they're going to be a good team for, for years to come, too. And it's it's it only makes that destination all the more inviting, right? Yeah. They, ha- they haven't been really the free agent hotbed since really LeBron left. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think Butler going there and showing Jimmy Butler, finally getting the opportunity to show what he was with the bulls. Yes. And, and finally getting back to being the guy that you can rely on. Right. Cause in, in, in Philly, he was terrible. Like yeah. there, there's no two ways around it. He was terrible because he had four other guys that he had to contend with. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and I think watch, not this off season, but next off season when Giannis is the free agent, um, Miami could be a great destination for him if that core is still all together and they're still chugging along, right? If they go another run this this coming year in, in the in the playoffs, watch out because if you add Giannis to that lineup, it, it could be another problem with the Jimmy Butler thing where he's not the number one guy and it, it, that issue. Yeah, we'll see, but. It's when you can add talent, you add talent, right? So, um, yeah, I think but, the, I think the difference would be is that in the Philly scenario, Embiid mm-hmm. and Simmons needed the ball in their hands to do stuff, right? Giannis is more of an athlete where he opens spaces up and he tries to get space open, and then when he gets the ball, he does things. Right. Jimmy needs, I think, Jimmy needs the ball a little bit more than he got in Philly, and even in Chicago to some extent. 
and that's why he he thrived in Miami this year. Yeah. He was getting the ball a lot more and doing what he can. So they might actually be a decent fit together. Again, we're all we're speculating at this point because we haven't yeah. seen them play together. We don't know. There's no way to know. But but getting back to how the finals ended up, um, congrats to LeBron for getting his his, his ring again. Um, congrats on AD getting his first. Um, to be honest, the Lakers were the better team. They deserved oh, yeah. to win. Um, I think the... I think it would have been a lot more interesting if the Heat weren't injured. Yeah, for to me, sure. that would have made that series that much more interesting, that much more impactful. Um, and I, if they were healthy, I don't think you would have had, because I've heard some people that are criticizing the LeBron's legacy because the Heat were injured. Right? Yeah, you, you, you're kind of stealing my question. I was going to ask, what Sorry. is, what is the impact of LeBron's legacy after this? Like, what was the impact yeah. of this win on LeBron's legacy? So go ahead. So it was, it's, it's one of those ones where it's like, people are saying that this win, it's a win. Yes. But is it the same type of win when he had, you know, the Spurs going up against, and it was a six game, six six and seven game series against, you know, back and forth. Anybody could have won. Right. Um, To me, a win is a win, but at the same time, I, I, I can see, I can see the point where it's, Hey, if the heat are healthy, that easily goes to a seventh game, I think. All right, if 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 Grudic isn't injured, how much big of an impact does he make? Right, it could be huge. You if never Grudic but... doesn't play in Game Six, what's the impact as well? Right? Yeah, because he wasn't healthy. Yeah, it, it, no, because he he was trying to force his force his way back and f- try and give his team as much as he possibly could, yeah. which I admire, but in a way almost cost his team too. That's, so that's what I'm wondering. Um, so one of those ones, if we get, if we get back to LeBron's legacy, I, I think, I think it obviously pads his stats and obviously pads his, his accolades and everything like that. Um, as well as winning the MVP also helps too. Right. So uh, not that uh, that was ever going to be up for debate in all honesty. Like everyone was saying, Oh, Davis yeah. could have won it. But no, if, if the Lakers were going to win the title, LeBron was going to be the finals MVP. I'm sorry. It and, was already, yeah. it was already determined before they got to the final. And and to be honest, I think that's in that aspect. I don't like Finals MVP no. as as a as a award. Yes, of course, it's prestigious and all that kind of stuff. But that's or it's already decided who wins that award majority of the time before the finals even start. Yeah. Right. If the La- if the Lakers made it, it was Davis. Right. If the Heat won it, it was Butler. No matter what. You mean it was like, James, it was- right, for the Lakers, right? Yeah, sorry. What did I say? You said Davis. Oh, sorry. I meant LeBron. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, like, um, <laughs> I don't know why I did, but yeah, like it's it's decided, but it's it's essentially your best player, right? Yeah. Like, even if they even if they play good, not great, it's still probably going to be their their award to lose, yeah. realistically. And it's. I think I think the NHL has it a little bit better with the uh, the King Clancy because it's the playoff MVP. Yeah. It's not the finals and, and, MVP. And, yeah. and if that was the case, the case really could have been made for Butler or Davis to win that. Even though for the sure. Lakers won. Butler could have should have been up for grabs. And Davis probably was the better Laker throughout the whole entirety of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one it's one of those I, I agree. I think it should be all of playoffs. And I think realistically that's how they kind of scored anyways. Um majority of the time. Right? Because I think like Realistically, LeBron was averaging essentially a triple double all the way through the playoffs, essentially. Um, which is one of those ones, you know, did he play the greatest out of the out of the Lakers in, in the finals? Yeah, you could argue that as oh, well. No, I think he actually was the better Laker yeah. in the final. I, I do think that. But but really so I guess going back to the question of the actual legacy. Um <laughs> I don't that. think this I don't think this hurts his legacy by any means. No. Um Right, so, oh crap! Wolfberg's just scored. <laughs> um, Sidetrack betting. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts his leg- legacy by any means. Um, yes, it makes it better in a way, but um, I don't think it cements it by any means or no. makes it like untouchable. No, I think it. But, just, I think it's just another chapter in the legacy. I don't know if it changes it drastically either way. Yeah, so 
we'll see. Well, apparently Anthony Davis is potentially going to re-sign with them in the offseason. Oh, yeah. So he will. They they may get to run it back again, anyways. So. So here's another question for you regarding the Lakers. What is Anthony? What does this championship do to Anthony Davis's legacy? I guess, in my opinion, it's more what legacy are we talking about? Well, he was—he's always been touted as a dominant, like, interior player when he's been healthy, yeah. right? So, does this make him one of the most dominant interior players of all time, or how? Do, how does this change his legacy in NBA history? Like, we're talking NBA history, right? Because that's what legacies are. To, to me, he's got a way to go. To be yeah. honest, um, I, I don't think he's people. Some moron on the internet said that Anthony Davis winning the championship, I think you showed me this, puts him above yep. Tim Duncan. I showed you that. That's why and I'm asking. And, and it's one of those ones where it's like, are you, like, you should be What What are you on? Your, what, what? You should not be on the internet. You should not be on the internet. Like, what substance are you currently on to, to think that? Like, realistically, there's he's not even close to Tim Duncan right no. now. Tim Duncan, really is one of, Tim Duncan is one of the top ten players of all time. Right? To me, he's not even, like... Like to me, my top two immediately when I think of them. Obviously, I'm not huge into basketball and that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to try and explain anything. But to me, I got Dirk and I got Duncan ahead of him easily. Yeah, and you can like, also talk Russell and uh, Elijah Wan well, like, and Chamberlain yeah. and all those guys in the history books. Like he's not even close to top ten at his position, in my opinion. No, don't forget and Shaq. Really, Shaq. The other the other thing is, what position does he play? He's center. He's both power forward and center. I know. So I'm not sure. I would list him as center. No, because like Duncan's a power forward. He I know. wasn't a center, right? I know. That's a that's the other question, right? So, so whatever. Either way. Um. But but yeah. To to me, he's got a long way to go. Um. Because yes, he won a chip, but he wasn't. It's not his chip that he won. Yeah. Right. That's LeBron's. Right. So that that's the only problem is, um, with the Spurs, it was. Duncan's team with Tony Parker and Ginobili, right? That's, yeah, that was Duncan had two like, great support staff with him, but he was the guy. He was the quiet guy, but and, he was and, the guy. Yeah, and it was one of those ones where it's you knew 100 percent that like it was basically his team. Yeah. Yes, obviously there there was other players like Tony Parker was one of the one of the best point guards ever. Um, but well, at least. Recent history, for way, sure. Recent history, sure. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those ones. Yeah. It's a bold not, statement. Not like top, not top five. But That's we'll, a bold we'll statement, that. my friend. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those ones where it's, I don't know. It's just, to me, it doesn't feel like Anthony Davis won this. Right. It was more he was just on the team that won it. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, th- I think, I, I get what you're saying 100%. Um, I think if he spends some more time with LeBron, it'll give him the the understanding about how to lead a team, and that might help him further down his his line. But right now, he's just a piece on a LeBron team, and a very a damn good piece. Let me make that very yep. clear. He's one of the top ten players in the league right now. I think. Yeah, like yeah, like I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shit on his parade by any means. No, but he but wasn't those... he wasn't the guy, and he wasn't the reason that the Lakers won. The reason the Lakers won was because LeBron willed them there. Yep. Right? Okay, we're going to take a break, and we will be back to discuss a little MLS and a little NFL. All right, after this. The MLS is still in action, and all three Canadian teams have moved down south, including the first team to clinch a playoff spot, Toronto FC. And the news coming out, I guess it was yesterday now, Friday, um, TFC is now going to have fans at their home games, which aren't at home. They're in Hartford. They're going to have a capacity crowd of 5,000 in the stadium, which uh, is great. Um, I'm kind of, 
I put this out yesterday and I was kind of, I was called out by somebody on Twitter and I wasn't even trying to like be rude. I'm just like, I guess we get to see if TFC has fans in Hartford. And this person's like, yeah, they do. We love them down here. And I'm like, that's great to hear. But like, it's odd in the middle of a pandemic where you're not at home to have fans coming to your games. Is that not odd to you, Kyle? Yeah. Like to me, it's not really a home game then. Like that's, Yes, yes, you have fans, but you don't. To me, I'm, you're not going to go in there. You're not going to see thousands of red shirts. You're not going to have the like the major supporter group that they have in Toronto, right? In exactly. That, in that back left corner of that, or I guess front right, if you're walking into it, that that corner of the fans, you don't have that. Right? Red patch boys. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those. It, it's it's they're missing that aspect then. Um, you look at the NFL, right? You can kind of compare it to that where it's yes. Some, some stadiums and teams have fans in the stands, but it's not a home game. I mean, it is right? like, I think the NFL is a little different because it literally is their home stadium. Like TFC is not even well, at yeah. their home stadium. They don't have the, they're not even in their own dressing room. Like it's a totally different atmosphere. And you're asking these yeah. people who, don't have a team to cheer for technically in Hartford. Like, yes, they could go and cheer for either the New York teams or whatever, but they don't have a team in Hartford. Hey, like, yeah. hey, you're a soccer fan? Well, why don't you go watch the, this TFC team who are using our stadium <laughs> as, a, as a temporary home? Like, it just seems... Yeah, yeah I, guess the, I guess the most similar would probably be uh, the Jays with Buffalo. Yeah, but they weren't even allowed to have fans. No, I'm saying, but but the fact that it's not like a true, I think that one's. A a, I I would even say that one's a little different though, because the Buffalo is the home of the Jays AAA team, so all of the player, like a bunch of the players on the Jays team, played in Buffalo for the last few years. Like Fair. they know those Fair. players, and they're probably Jays fans for the most part in Buffalo anyway, because they watch these AAA guys go up to the main team, right? Hartford has no connection to TFC. They, they don't. There's no connection there, so it's sort of yeah. odd. To like, okay, we're just going to invite all the soccer fans in Hartford. Hey, just come out and watch our team. Like, you don't really know us. You have no reason to want to come and cheer for us. But hey, we're pretty but good this year. Anyway. We're we're pretty good this year. So come watch us, and maybe you'll f- follow us afterwards, sort of thing. Like, it just seemed odd yeah. to me. Like, it's it's just odd. Um, come support us. Thanks. Woo. Yeah. Speaking of supporters. Uh, it came out today that the Supporter Shield Foundation, which is the people in charge of the Supporter Shield in the MLS, will not be handing out the Supporter Shield at the end of the season to the top regular season team. Now, as of right now, it is Toronto, and that's not really why we're talking about it. The reason that we're talking about it is because around the Twitter sphere, all of the supporter sections from a bunch of different clubs are not happy. Yep. Because they were not consulted and they were not voted. There was not voted on. It was sort of a decision that was made. And it sounds like it was made by the 1% of supporters group elites to just not hand out the shield. And their reasoning is, is that because there's not really fans in the stands, it's not, it's not really the indicative of what the supporter shield stands for and all these other things. But it just seems a little odd. Like you didn't see that in the EPL last year. There was a community shield still. There, there was still all these trophies. You didn't see it across Europe, and it's just a regular regular season trophy. It would be like not handing out the president's trophy in the NHL. Like it just doesn't yeah. happen. So no, it just, it just feels weird. Like that's yeah, it seems wrong. And the fact that the supporter shield is supposed to represent the supporters groups, like. For example, the Red Patch Boys, right? They're supposed to be the reason that that supporter shield gets handed out, and to to show what these teams mean to their supporters and what the supporters think of their teams, right? They they did this a while ago. So why yeah. are we all of a sudden taking it out if it's just supposed to be part of this? Like it's just supposed to be part of it. There's no reason to yeah. to not hand it out. Yes, I get that. There's no supporters in the stands, but you should still leave the trophy in, shouldn't you? Yeah, because like it's it's yes, it's supporters, but it's also the best team in the MLS that gets re- like yeah. they get recognized. Yeah, right? 
it's one of those it's almost as if you're playing down how good their season was exactly they're like well there's, there's no fans in the stands your wins don't really count is basically what they're kind of saying which in a way is one of those like no that's far from the truth because it literally means like there's no home field advantage for those teams that normally would get that you're essentially playing almost like a neutral site game so there's no home there's no your fans behind them there's no you know obviously there's heckling and stuff like that but there's no heckling for the other team coming in there's none of that right yeah. so it's one of those teams going into that you know your home stadium are now more comfortable which means they're, they're more likely to to play with less pressure under them yeah, and you know so what? I, th- I thought they did a good job in the uh, MLS's back tournament having the virtual fans there, like the NBA did, and trying to make it more like a home game. But there, And a lot of the stadiums now have fans in them. Now, it's it's not a capacity crowd, obviously. It's a limited crowd, but still, they have fans in them. So why are you taking it away from... Ironically, if TFC wins it, like I'm just using that as an example, they're one of the few teams that haven't had fans in the stadium for most of the season st- up until now. Like, Montreal had fans in Montreal when they were playing in Canada. BC had fans, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to say that for sure. But I'm pretty sure BC had fans in BC. TFC was the only one that didn't have fans. They were outside the stadium trying to cheer. They didn't really know what was going on. But they were trying. (laughs) Um, They're the only team that hasn't had fans, and you're going to take that trophy away from them? Like, really? (laughs) It's just one of those ones where it's, Obviously, we we talked about this multiple multiple times now. It's such a weird world and it's such a yeah. weird sports world we're in right now that it almost seems like people are just trying to make an excuse for for not giving something or not yeah. recognizing the full season or full effort that some of these players are putting through, trying to stay healthy, trying to do all this. Right? The other that's the other thing is like they're playing all these games, they're winning all these games during a pandemic while they're still worried about their health, they're worried about their family's health, they're worried about everybody yet still pushing forward and playing these games. Four supporters at home. Exactly. And now all of a sudden they're not getting recognition for it. And it's just like, that's, that's disappointing in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I think it's very disappointing on um, the MLS. I think that looks terrible for them. But that's, it's not an MLS um, thing. Like, that's the thing. So I, I was just going to say, MLS released a statement after. Um, I'm going to read the full thing, so bear with me. Uh, Major League Soccer has been notified by the Independent Supporters Council of their decision to not award the Supporters' Shield this season. Everyone involved in MLS understands that the 2020 season, like every major professional sports league, was unprecedented in our history. The club that finishes at the top of our regular season will still have, uh, will have preserved through a highly challenging year. As in previous seasons, the team will still be the top seed in the Audi MLS Cup playoffs, earn a berth in the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League, and receive the bonus that goes to the club that finishes first overall in the regular season standings. Most of all, the millions of people who follow and support our league, teams, and players will always remember the club that finished the 2020 MLS regular season as the leader. So basically, the MLS said, screw you and your decision. Like, we're still giving whoever would have won it everything that they're entitled to that we have for the last bunch of years, no matter whether or not you give them the award or not. And everyone's going to know they won the season anyway. You're just not giving them the trophy. Yeah, you're just not giving them physical proof. But I, I, to me, that's just a cop-out. That's just them trying to save face. Like, well, they don't have control over that trophy. That's the problem. It's not an MLS trophy. Yeah. Like, that is that so is a supporters' have, uh, council trophy. So, in my opinion, then, I think the MLS should have one in, in the case of, of that as well. I think they should still award something for top play, for, for top team. And you know what? They might. We don't know. Like, they could come up with yeah. something now and be basically just say, screw you, supporters council. Like, we're going to just create our own trophy and we won't we won't take yours back after. Just put, like, COVID Cup or something. COVID <laughs> Cup champion. Or... 2020 COVID champion. <laughs> like, COVID some, regular some... season champion. Like, it, especially when it comes to teams. Yeah. Because having that recognition to me it also brings in more money right because it also brings in um you know the owners and stuff like that having that trophy yeah gives them more of uh, more operating costs is really what it is right yeah, so for sure it's it's something that's that's yes it's not mls's fault but in a way mls kind of has to step up and do something i think to kind of i, I this. think 
and we don't know what they're going to do. So we're not, I, we can't really fully rip on the MLS just yet. Um, if they yeah. don't, if they do something, then they've fixed the problem, I guess. If they don't do something, that just is kind of disappointing. And yeah. we're obviously, we're, we're Toronto based. So to see TFC raise a trophy is always a good thing because we don't see many trophies around here outside of the rafters last year. Yeah. It's just usually TFC. So <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, Sometimes art goes depending how they play. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And the rock, but no one really That's, pays attention yeah. to the rock. We're not going to talk about that. That's, it's sad, too, because the Rock have actually been good the last few years. Um, uh, they've, 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 yeah, they've been a franchise that's just unreal. But Yeah, just with no support in one of the biggest markets in North America. Um, yeah, it's just a little support. It's it's disappointing, though, to see that the supporter shield won't be handed out. Um, For sure. Hopefully it doesn't mess with the team's head who goes first into the playoffs this year, and they can just continue their run. And yep. we'll see how it goes. Last topic quickly uh, before we head out. Uh, last week we talked about Ian Rapoport being suspended for two weeks, I believe it was. Yeah, two weeks. Um, yep. And we said it was because of pictures that he leaked regarding the Titans practicing on a field. Um, it's come out that that wasn't 100% true, nor has it really been confirmed what it was, but apparently it could have also been a Manscaped ad that he shared on his social media, which, if that's the case, Jesus, come on, really, NFL? To be honest, that, that, that's almost worse if that's, that's the case. Exactly. It's almost. It's not almost worse. It is worse. It's That's god-awful. Yeah. Like, really, get get your head out of your butt. Yeah. Um, We just wanted to make sure that we cleared that up. Like, we're not 100% sure anymore. It was, like, yeah. 99% sure last week is now, like, 50% sure this week. <laughs> like, well, I have no idea. Yeah, like, like all, all, all the rumors and everything pointed to that being the thing. Um, that's what everybody was talking about, and that's what everybody had pretty much decided that was the thing. And, and it would make the most sense because the NFL yeah, was trying to cover that... up all their COVID mistakes, and Titans exactly. were making a big one. So then it, and then almost it came out midway through the week that it was, well, it might not be this actually. So don't get ahead of yourselves. Yeah, but so, um, anyways, in the NFL, still lots of COVID. Well, I shouldn't say lots, but COVID cases still keep popping up. Um, a couple teams have had to close down their facilities this week. Yet, for some reason, all the games are still scheduled to go on without a hitch. Can you explain that to me? Uh, no. no okay. I can't. Uh, can you explain to me why Nick Saban's coaching today, even though he had to wait for two negative tests and somehow managed to get it an hour before the game was supposed to start? Or when does Alabama play? Uh, uh, they play tonight at like eight o'clock or something. Okay, so he managed to get a negative test confirmed at like noon today, so he could coach on the sidelines. Why? Hmm. Why? 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 To be honest, like I don't understand anything the NFL does. I really don't. Like, well, Saban's not NFL. Saban's college football, but still. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, sorry. I was thinking NFL. I don't know why. Because we were um, talking NFL. That's a good reason yeah, to think that, NFL. That's probably why. <laughs> um. He might as well be NFL, to be honest, at that point. But yeah. um, not the point. <laughs> but no, like, like the whole college football, it's it's kind of a mess right now, to be honest. Um, you have majority of teams playing right now, and then you have some teams that are ranked that haven't played yet, but are potentially playing a full schedule, but aren't playing a full schedule because they're like basically just chopped off half the teams they're not supposed to face. Yeah. Um, well, then and you get then, teams like Houston who have had to changed their schedule eight times who they had their first game rescheduled four times yeah and they're, they're now they're and only that, on two games in and everyone else is on five yeah and it's just one of those ones where um Allo, they're, you know there's obviously the top teams and stuff like that they're on their own i don't not necessarily timeline but they're just they're, they're treated different world. than others yeah they're in their yeah, own like, world they're, they're it's like like Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson, like Georgia, Clemson, like those type of teams yeah. are just like, Michigan, Ohio State from the Big Ten, Michigan State. Yeah. Like like college college football just kind of treats them differently. Yeah. And essentially wants everything to run right with them no matter what happens. Yep. So um it's just they should like in an ideal world they should be tr- obviously treated the same as every other team where if they there's positive tests. Yeah. 
Saban, Saban should not be coaching right now. No, it's he shouldn't. Simple it as doesn't that. make sense. I don't get it. Um, but if Saban's not there and Alabama loses all of a sudden, well, oh, it's Alabama only lost because it's COVID, right? Okay, but if, now, if Saban is a, as good of a coach as he says he is, and he's been coaching all week because I think he only missed since Thursday, right? Yeah. And he put a game plan in place. And who are they even playing, first of all? They're playing Georgia. They're playing a top-four team. Okay, they're fine. They're playing Georgia. Fine. I, I'll, I'll take that part back. But if you're that good of a coach, and you put the coaching uh, uh, game plan in place, and you have trained your coaches to be as good as they are, yep. can they not handle one week? One week? <laughs> no, apparently not. They cannot. Yeah, like, it's just one of those, it's just, uh, I don't know. Ask, you're asking for problems. You're just asking you really for an are. issue at this point. I don't get it. Um... That'll do it. Let's get your final thought for the week, Kyle, uh, and then I'll close it out. Um, my final thought is just – it was kind of the NFL was on my mind. That's probably why I said it. But um, NFL has to figure out what they're doing because um, there's tests popping up all over the place, and there's only so many games they can reschedule and change bye weeks and whatever it may be. Um, so players either have to figure out what they're doing or – the NFL has to crack. Well, the NFL has to crack down on people who are potentially breaking those rules. Yeah. Because uh, that's I'm assuming that's how things are. How that's how they're getting the these positive tests, right? Obviously, there's a chance that you know they're not breaking any rules, and it just it happens. It happens, and I understand that, and you can't really control that. But something has to be done because it's just it's not working. <laughs> it's as simple as that. No, it's not. And we've we've seen so many players this week. I feel like this week, more than any other week, we had so many positive cases. Like, I think there were six teams at one point who couldn't go to their facilities. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a problem. And yet, they're still going to try to get all the games off tomorrow and Monday like nothing happened. I don't get it. I I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know. I guess we're too logical, you and me. Yeah, it's just one of those... We're thinking of everything... Like, we're not trying to think everything of a negative. Like, yeah, like, we're, we're trying to think, like, best case scenario, I guess, for, like, COVID yeah. rules and all kind of stuff. But realistically, it all comes down to, as I said before, they're just trying to make money. That's the biggest thing. They are. And so. it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but it is what it is. Um, my final thought, and this one is obviously a little close to home, but more a general topic. Um, OUA and OC2A uh, this week announced that they are canceling all sports for the 2020-2021 season, uh, which now, obviously the fall was already canceled, but they have canceled winter sports for 2021. That means a bunch of graduating students will not get a final chance to play their last year uh, for sports such as hockey, basketball, volleyball, um, other indoor sports like swimming, track and field, uh, they will. They have also been canceled. It's a it's a sad announcement for sure. I mean, for me in the college ranks, I was a varsity player. For I guess I I can't say that I I can say I was for a grand total of like three weeks. <laughs> um, but I I didn't get a chance to finish my varsity career either, and it, it does suck. We've been working hard as players to try to get to try to get fit during COVID, and we were all being yep. told that we were going to get a chance to probably play in the winter. They made their decision, uh, and it's it's hard to hear. It it really does hurt, and I uh, my heart goes out to all the athletes affected, especially the seniors who won't get to play again. Um, keep pushing forward in whatever you're doing. Keep pushing forward in your academics because. In the in the end, the varsity sports are great, but we we all as athletes have brighter futures ahead in our uh, work life. So continue to do what yep. you're doing, guys. I believe in every athlete um, across the OUA and OC two A. We'll come out stronger on the other side of this. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And although we aren't doing tire fires this week, I wanted to point out one of the funniest videos of 2020. After my very <laughs> sad note, let's brighten it up before we head out. Please tell me you saw the Zamboni on fire. That I did. That I did. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, 
because I can say it's hilarious because the guy managed to drive the Zamboni out of the arena. No one got hurt and he was actually okay. Yep. Right. So we can call it funny now. <laughs> I bet it was terrifying if you were in the ring. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like the people on the ice had no idea what was going on though. They were just kind of standing there. Like they weren't doing anything. What are they supposed to do? No, but it's just one of those ones where it's like, a Zamboni's on fire. Don't just stand there like nothing's happening right now. Well, I think they're like, okay, if I go over there, what happens to me? Yeah. And if I follow it trying to put the fire out on the ice, like what happens then? My my favorite part of it is that as he's driving off, you could just see the, the, the divot of ice that was melted behind him. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that'll be fun to fix. <laughs> Yeah, that that'll be fun to deal with. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to deal with it. But I mean, good for the guy. I don't I don't know his name, but man, he drove that thing expertly with fire with, while on fire. Oh, he he, he was like leaned off to the side, somehow managed to get it out the door perfectly into the into the parking lot, and then get off it and get away. Like he was a champ for sure. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Um. That'll do it. Make sure if you are a soccer fan, check out Touchline Thoughts this week. Irfan had Kieran Doyle Davis, our good buddy, on the show to discuss tactics. As he is a coach at a university here in Canada, so I mean he knows what he's talking about. Um, if you want to listen to more hockey stuff, make sure you check out our Twenty Minutes on Ice podcast hosted by Ryan Haslett. Uh, great show this past week. We talked about NHL free agency, and this upcoming week should be another fun one. Um, if you want to check out any of our articles, check out the website at garagedoorsports.com. You can follow us at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you want to follow Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy on Twitter and myself at Nick McVicker. Um, that's Twitter and Instagram for me. Kyle, your Instagram the same as well? Yep. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you can follow us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you want to see moving forward. And for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, I want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.